1: Lay,
2: et shu anisamea biza shani masamea et shu anisamea biza shani masamea et shu so Shame. So, so, see. I'm happy. i
3: I'm happy, and that's I'm happy. a
4: Sea of Miracles Never thought I'd be in line
0: in the A.M. with Aaron Holder. That's a uh, selection entitled Miracles off a of CD, Something Stronger. Shlomi Daskal had the medley off Dance with Daskal. You heard um, Sosa Sis from Yosef Karduner. Yoel Weiss had Adon Alam. Moshe Laufer off of Chabad with Moshe Laufer, Volume 2, with Nigun Simcha. <coughs> and Regesh Modani opening things up. As we say, good morning. A special shout-out to Ann Pearl. In Phoenix, Arizona, I see my cousin David just uh, posted a picture of Ann Pearl with her good friend uh, Mrs. Spielberg uh, on Facebook, and uh, they both look great. They both look exactly like I uh, like I saw them last time I saw them. So a special uh, shout-out to Ann Pearl and the Siegel family in Phoenix, Arizona from all of us here at JM and the AM. It's Thursday on this 24th of October, the 20th of March good morning. A special tzischem Shalom to all those who are heading to Israel for Shabbat Chayei Sarah. There are a lot. Of, it does not look like I'm among them. I know. I still have another couple hours to decide. Does not look like I'm among them this year, and I regret that. But uh, there will be a lot of folks in our studio, in our uh, listening audience, I should say, who are going to be enjoying an amazing Shabbat starting tomorrow. Oh, I think we're actually going to check in with somebody tomorrow. I believe we're going to check in with somebody in the 8 o'clock hour who will have arrived already and uh, will be set for Shabbat in Hebron. So to everybody who's heading to the airport later this morning, Kol HaKavod, enjoy and uh, bring all of our dashham, our warm regards, to our holy brothers and sisters in the holy city of Hebron. 41 degrees, seventy yeah, 41, 73% humidity, winds are west at 8, mostly sunny with a high, 56, and tonight mostly clear, low 38 Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high 55 degrees. We're at 77 in Ushalim and in Tel Aviv, 75 in Haifa, 81 in lot, 41 degrees here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. Well, our friends from Masbia with a very special representative from a very special company are going to be here in the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we're encouraging people to donate to Masbia, not just uh, funds, which we always ask people to donate. Uh, but food as well. And there's a very special company out there who we met a little while ago who have made an amazing gesture. I see it was there was a press release about it in the Jewish press. They're getting some nice recognition. That'll be happening in the 8 o'clock hour this morning, and we will explain. In the 7 o'clock hour, Republican mayoral candidate in New York City, Joe Loda, here live in our studio at JM in the AM. Joe Loto will be here, and uh, we'll get a chance to discuss some of the issues important to our community. And it should be an interesting conversation. Some of the numbers in the race are astounding, and I don't mean the difference in the poll numbers, the general poll numbers. When you ask, at least this is what I saw yesterday on Twitter, when you ask people who they prefer in the race in certain areas, in certain areas of leadership... Loda's is getting the majority of those votes of those poll numbers but when you ask generally who people are voting for the uh, the differential in that result or in that um, in that poll is uh, staggering we'll get a chance to meet the uh, Republican mayoral candidate in New York City uh, who is running for mayor 12 days from now later this morning about 740 this morning right here at jam and AM, when Joe Loda walks into this building 25 minutes before seven o'clock it's thursday at jm and the am thanks for tuning in we're at 91.1 fm 90.1 fm in the catskills rockland county at 91.9 on the fm dial and around the world on the web jm the am dot o-r-g
2: in <laughs> We in Sahem Kim overwad. Shim shimchem will all imspaad. Shivu yom shabbat.
3: shemo ashaba ko
5: The time
3: in the sun shines,
5: the way it makes you is a real day. I digest Allah, we Zum Der Schuster der Wecke, der Schneide der Wecke, jeder mit zijn Mit im Monim, Sogt sich Der Dyer trinkt sich ein Kabel. Der Rebisse ist ein er dann mit Isla In ich so machen die Broche äh, und ja, zu füllen. Mit Friede der und von Hand ihre Und mach die Broche mit Heilige Gefühle. Plötzlich, auf der Erde, es fällt gibt er ein Geschrei. Meine meine auf der Erde ist nicht dein Ort, Erkenn sein Gewehen, nicht dein Stille, erkennt nicht Men nicht du wirst mich nicht verbinden, du wirst The meditation, the meditation, the meditation, the meditation, Und i Oh, Oh, so happy that I'm here. Oh, I'm Oh, I'm so happy that Wie kennst du sein Stil? Hoy, wie kennst du sein Stil? Bescheid das deine Tfeil Never stay there far. Du hast gesehen Bei dem jeden Stahl Es tut dem Weg Mit Hand es ist sich von dem istret deine tvillen herr dein soll schön der Häuben werden deine tvillen soll nicht sein zu sparen. Es ist jede選
6: Von Hesse hat das
5: Geruch <laughs> Meine Züge Meine Thalf Wie sixteen bist du bei mir Auf der der ganzen
3: Welt viele Den Käsen von mir zu dir Mein Freund, mein Freund Ich geh dir anscheu ich,
5: ich hab dir lieb. Oh, I'm feeling, i I'd be tired
4: I am not I'm a single can
0: Huda Green, amazing selection off of the uh, Peace in My Heart album. Before that, Shlomo Katz with Malay Olam. You heard Avremo with Amachaya. That's the uh, album title. Mind Filling" is the name of the selection. I believe that was in our top nine at nine this week. Moshe Hech with Believers, an amazing song. The Maccabees had Dror Yikra, which is a single that has... Uh, Hit 200,000 views on YouTube already. News from Israel coming up next. It's a Thursday on this 24th of October and 20th of Marcheshvan. My name is Nahum Siegel. A special Tzayshem Hashalom to those who are heading to the airport in order to make Shabbat Ha'e Sarah in the holy city of Hebron. We are jealous and uh, we uh, ask you to please give our warm regards. To all of our holy brothers and sisters there. It's mostly sunny outside with a high temperature fifty-six degrees, forty-one right now. Full day on the stream at JMAM.org, including our live lunch coming up between eleven and one. Dr. David Lieberman will join me with sound advice between one and two this afternoon, and plenty more coming up on jm and the am.org. We'll give you the details. Miriam L. Wallach has an amazing That's Life program this morning, and Charlie Harari with an amazing Book of Life program this morning. All the details are coming up. Galetzal, uh, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM, and we remind you, Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel on Twitter at Nahum Siegel Net. Coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, New York City mayoral candidate Joe Loda expected in our studios right here at JM in the AM.
6: בגלי לשעה שעה שתיים, כאן שיבל מנסור עם מה שקורה עכשיו. רימון הושלח חצר של אלי טביב, בעלי קבוצת ביתר ירושלים. תפרימונד
7: לא
2: התפוצץ ואיש לא נפצע. חבניים משתרעים בمكان המנחת לפנות התפרימונד. מכווצת ביתר נימצא בתקווה. אם אגיעים למצב של הנחח התפרימונד, מתחัด לריחבון של בעלי המודון קדורי גל. פה מי שקס פורטי שווה. לא מקבל הדה that the man has a mini ladder and a tiny window to climb up to the roof. Who can't
6: מחריף משבר בין ארצות הברית וגרמניה בעקבות פרשת האזנות לקנסלרית מרקל. שגריר ארצות הברית בברלין זומן לשיחת עברה. כתבתנו נעמה ארטשיק.
7: שר החוץ של גרמניה גידו וסטר ולזימן את השגריר לשיחה בעקבות הדיווחים כי וושינגטון צוטטה לשיחות פרטיות בטלפון של קאנצלרית גרמניה מרקל. מוקדם יותר התבטא שר ההגנה הגרמני ואמר כי אם הדיווחים מתבררו כנכונים, תהיה לכך השפעה רעה על היחסים בין המדינות. אתמול הבטיח הנשיא אובמה בשיחה עם כי ארצו אינם מצוטטת לשיחותיה ולא עוקבת אחר התקשרויותיה
6: Shagrir, Britannia, in Israel, Matthew Gold, Israel
8: Israel is not alone, and the British Parliament's vote on Syria should not be taken by anyone as a lack of resolve on Iran. Iran is a very different issue from Syria. We are clear that a nuclear-armed Iran would threaten not just Israel, but the world.
6: אני מבין שהצבעת הפרלמנט הבריטי נגד תקיפה בסוריה עוררה דאגה בישראל, אבל איראן היא עניין שונה לחלוטין. אמר גולד ואוסיף, פיתוח גרעין איראני יביא למרוץ חימוש הזורי שישפיע על העולם כולו. מדבריו בחנס של ג'רוזלם פוסט הביאה כתבתנו יערה ברק. שני שוטרים מהשדוד מושמים שתקפו וחטפו את אנדרי איגנטוב, תושב העיר, בנימוק שדיבר אליהם לא יפה. كتبه نورا مشني. قبل
8: شسخار امبري جام توف مما اعصروا المويام يظهروا له اثنين شوتين كي هما كافين شو لمد لكخ وخكخ لمدبرين السوترين. ادم لكخ بيصوع نوال معصر ميطار وله لو شوم سيبا شكلل تكيفه باجروفيم وباله بمكم المعصر ليد بنيان الهيريا باشتور، وولا لبيته
6: <עת> התחזית היום ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות בסוף השבוע ללא שינוי. ולסיום, מדענים גילו את הגלקסיה הרחוקה ביותר משביל החלב, הידועה לנו עד כה. מערכת הכוכבים הזו נמצאת 30 מיליארד שנות אור מקדור הארץ, ומאופיינת במסע עצומה. גילויה אולי יעזור לקהילה המדעית לגלות עוד מידע על מה שמכונה המפץ הגדול. אלה החדשות שעורכת חן פישר.
0: J.M. and the A.M. Thursday morning on this uh, very packed Thursday at J.M. and the A.M. and J.M. and the A.M. dot org. Chaim Yisrael with Shir La'Ima. You heard Le'Va Nefesh with Inve HaGefen. Coming up at 9 o'clock this morning on our stream at J.M. and the A.M. org. Charlie Harari has uh, a really cool show. He's got a um, a program that's at 9 o'clock Eastern time every single Thursday morning called Book of Life, and tomorrow on Book of Life, tomorrow, I'm reading the promo, Uh, today on the Book of Life at 9 a.m., he's going to be talking about how we view and judge those around us. He'll be discussing a recent trip to Israel he took where he led 90 adult men on a mission for a week. For most, it was their first time meeting Israeli soldiers, Hasidim, Israelis, Yeshiva Bacharim, and others. Seeing the experience through their eyes gives us a unique perspective how we are viewing others around us and how that affects our relationships with them. Charlie Harari at 9 o'clock this morning. Miriam al has a great show. Uh, she'll speak to Dr. Michael Solomon at 10 o'clock on the recent school shootings and how to resist the temptation to wrap your kids in bubble wrap and homeschool them. And Yeshiva University professor Dr. Jeffrey Gurak, one of our favorites, will comment on the New York Times piece last Saturday about the Jewish high school in Florida With a competitive football team. No more Friday night lights. It's Thursday night lights. All that and more. And a brand new morning theme song coming up as well in the 10 o'clock hour with Miriam Wallach and That's Life at jmtheam.org. And by the way, that New York Times article about the football team, that's Shomer Shabbos, written by Sam Friedman who has a very close association with JM and the AM and WFMU. Album of the week later this afternoon, Dove Levine's Shefarav and Vekula Makablim. 90 minutes of amazing music, according to Mark Zomick, and he is right. I'll be doing a live lunch from 11 until 1 at 1 o'clock. Sound advice with Dr. David Lieberman. Dr. Lieberman and I are discussing, and this was the recommendation of a listener, we're going to discuss panic attacks at 1 o'clock Eastern time this afternoon. Panic attacks coming up at Uh Joe a New York City mayoral candidate on the Republican side, visits JM and the AM in the next few minutes. We have a visitor already here at JM the AM this morning, and that is a gentleman who's on his way to TABC. Apparently, Jersey City is on the way from Manhattan to Teaneck because Yosef Siegel has stopped by this morning. Good morning, Yosef. Good morning,
9: Daddy. How are you?
0: Any adventures this morning? Was the PATH train ride a smooth one? Did uh, you meet anybody who... Uh, was of interest. What happened so far early this morning during your commute?
9: So as you know when you uh you take a car service, I i went to school this morning and took a car service to um the path train and there's a there's a big walkway because of the construction, you know how to get to the path train, so there's many people coming in from New Jersey and many people going out to New Jersey. So one lady going into New Jersey kept on bumping shoulders with everyone coming into the city. <laughs> And there were a lot of a lot of angry travelers.
0: <laughs> There's always that one person who's going against traffic, huh? No, but
9: you figure like after the first two people, like maybe she'd stop. She kept on kept on going.
0: Well, there you have it. Not everybody knows exactly how to uh how to handle the uh and how to negotiate the crowds in the early morning hours. Uh what's happening at TABC, uh I know that um I had the opportunity a couple of Thursday nights ago with you as one of my guides to see the uh, brand-new uh, facility, the incredible, what we call now the brand-new building. It's an extension, but, boy, it looks like a totally new building. Uh, what's happening there? Are the students enjoying the uh, new facility? It's a beautiful building. We have a new gym, hallways are bigger. Just everything about it is great. And um, what do you hear about the TABC sports teams? Have they started their season yet, or is that going to be happening over the next few days?
9: Well, I just saw that last night the uh, varsity basketball team a tremendous victory over Heschel.
0: Congratulations. In All the right.
9: first uh, regular season mm-hmm. game.
0: We have any good players on that team?
9: Yeah, a lot of good players. Very right,
0: nice. All right. So send our best to everybody at TABC. Uh, what, what should we announce? You'll be uh, a few minutes late, or uh... Yeah, I'll, I'll make my way over. <laughs> You'll make your way over at some point. Yosef Siegel visiting us this morning here at JM in the AM. And a big shout-out. That to Any specific students, or if you do that, you're going to end up shouting out for the entire morning? Anyone specific, or, I'm gonna or have that's to dangerous? Is I'm that going to
9: have to say hello to Jonah Gantra. You
0: have no choice.
9: It's, it's a given.
0: All right, so Jonah, good morning to you and to all your schoolmates. How's that? That sounds perfect. There you go. J.M. in the A.M. at 18 minutes after 7 o'clock. Joe Loda coming up and plenty more. We want you to keep it here at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County is at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world in the web jam and the
7: It's a good thing to be able to do it. It's a good thing to be
0: and Company with Toda here on a uh, Thursday morning. Well, the detectives came in to uh, scout out the building for the Joe LoDa visit. You know the New York City detectives? Yes, I do. I gave them the most important piece of information they needed to know.
9: What is the most What is the most important information that they need to know?
0: That the bathroom on this floor is not working, <laughs> and that if anybody if anybody needs a restroom, they got to go to the third floor. That's an important piece of information when the when the possible future mayor of New York City is visiting the building, Though
9: no? I totally agree. Yeah, well.
0: Any shout-outs from uh, folks at TABC? Has anybody texted you or uh, emailed you wondering why you're going to be a little late to school today?
9: Yeah, I'd like to say hello to Aureli Belor.
0: How's he doing? He's a great kid. Listening into JM in the AM? He is. Marahajan. Jonah hasn't contacted you yet? Um, he has this reputation as being addicted to JM in the AM, and yet he has
9: not been in touch with you? Unfortunately, he has not yet. What's going on? That's a great question. Is he is have a big test today? Is he cramming till the last minute? No, I don't think there are any scheduled tests today. What I think it is that he lives uh, pretty close to school, right? Right. So school starts 740, right? So right. I don't think he's leaving his house till probably in the next couple of minutes.
0: He's mm. 724
9: now, and you know I don't think he leaves till around 730. And you doubt he's listening at home. He'd only be listening in the car yourself. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. But, you know, you could always listen to it on archives. That's right.
0: I hope he does. hope all the students do. Uh, I want to thank those who have contributed to our year-end fundraiser. A big thank you to those who have contributed to our year-end fundraiser. Among them are folks who uh, designated that they are tuned in at 7.30 or around 7.30 each morning. And, I therefore, I want to thank Ed and Gildan Noren of Pompton Plains, Rabbi Mrs. Hertzberg of Flushing, um, it's Marcia and Carl Ambrose in... Uh, The Lower East Side, who have donated $100 in honor of Mordecai's marriage to Michal. I want to thank uh, Edgar uh, uh, Minchuk of Manalapan, 10 times high in honor of Moshe and Clara. I want to thank uh, the Tuvels, Rose and Harry, who have donated in uh, honor of 30 years of JM and the AM and in honor of the New Jersey chapter of FIDF. David Goldstein of New York City. uh, Ruth Nemesher in Staten Island. Uh, Herman and B. Pollock, Chai in, in uh, honor of uh, Beatrice. Susan Lieberman of Forest Hills, four times Chai in honor of wonderful husband Itzi and their wonderful grandchildren. Esti uh, Feuer uh, Gelman, four times Chai from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, Bencion and Rosmo Tetchen from Staten Island in honor of Akiva Fight, uh, in memory, rather, of Akiva Fight and Howie Bramson. 20 times Chai from the Kupfermans in Brooklyn. Uh, Scott and uh, Neil, thank you very much. Uh, David and Shoshana, uh, Summer of Flushing, New York, in honor of Dr. Mark Singer. I thank you. Susie Spitzer of Brooklyn, four times high in Nechama, for uh, the family of Tzvi Chanoch, uh, Ben Yechiel Mechel. Um, Yaakov and Adina Pultman, ten times high in uh, honor of Mark Zamek. They're from Teenek. Salmon and Leah Levy of Teenek high in honor of... Uh, well, Sam says in honor of Leah, my true other half. Um and Mandel in Brooklyn, New York, in honor of uh, the, the Diane and Duchen families and the D.D. Newman, the bester schwester. <laughs> uh, twice high from Marlboro, New Jersey, the Alberts, in honor of their grandchildren, Evelyn, Evan, Rather, and Haley. Four times high from Deborah Drews in West Orange, New Jersey. Cantor, uh, Mrs. Cordman, and Livingston, in honor of uh, Aviva, Sam, Aaron, Hannah, Samuel, Max, and Shayna. thank you. Four times high from the Kahans in Elizabeth, New Jersey, in honor of Madan. Ma take-home food. And uh, that's a Yussi for 32 years, and uh, Stewie, and I don't know why I can't read that, but uh, to Stewie and Yussi, a big hello and a big shout-out. I uh, canter Mrs. Nachman of Brooklyn, New York, four times high in honor of Nachman, in honor of Mayor Weingarten's Israel show, which is on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Uh, the Menz family in Brooklyn, thank you. In honor of the Maccabees, Sylvia Friedman of Staten Island has donated uh, ten times high from Jeff and Marcy Lefkowitz of Livingston, New Jersey, in honor of their wonderful children. Uh, Gail Beanstock of uh, Wynwood, Pennsylvania, has donated in honor of Congregation Beta Medrosh. Of Winwood, Pennsylvania. So those, those are people who designated or, or indicated. They listened around 7.30 in the morning, and we thank them very much for that. And um, anybody who has not yet contributed to our silent year-end campaign, not only can you do it via mail with the envelope that you likely received from us if you're a regular contributor, uh, but you can go to the web if you're a new contributor or anybody who wants to give, you can go to the web at jmnam.org. You'll see the link at the top. Of the page, Joe Lota, New York City mayoral candidate on the Republican side, expected in our studio minutes from now here at JM and the AM. Yosef Siegel has an update. Go ahead, sir.
9: Well, I wanted to say um, good morning to Dan Playoff, who you uh, saw uh, a couple Thursday nights ago. Yeah.
0: Saw him last week also, ago. that's right.
9: Dan uh, played uh, last night in the TABC varsity basketball did game. Did he
0: indicate how he did? Did he indicate how many points he had?
9: I don't know, but I'm sure he had a great game.
0: Yeah, he's a good ball player. Yeah, huh?
9: he's, he's great. So,
0: Dan, thank you. And I know he's a big Rabbi Goldwasser fan, and Rabbi Goldwasser's coming up, so perfect timing. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser
10: with Morning Khizuk. Good morning. Derah kodmela Teira. The Gemara says... Noyach loyla adam, it would be better for a person, shiyapel atzma esh, that a person should cast himself into a fiery furnace, valyabin penecha vera berabim, rather than embarrassing his fellow man in public. Yet chazals tell us that a maabir one who chasvesholem, takes his own life, en loy chelech loylam habo does not have a portion in the world to come. The pene Yeshua points out that hetiru, a person is allowed to take his life in order not to cause grave embarrassment to his friend. From this we learn that the Mavim that one who could cause embarrassment to his friend in public is even more stringent than the than one who would take their own life. The altar of Slavotka once stated, It is so important that a husband and a wife should respect each other. They should be mechabed each other and honor each other. Whenever it's necessary to ask mechila, both should be in the habit of asking for each other. When Hagoin Reb Feinstein needed heart surgery, he began to think through a chesh ben anepesh, he began to take an accounting of his life. He wanted to know which sin was Goirim caused this weakness. He himself thought it must be a punishment because he was po'geya in the feelings of another person. However, he couldn't recall the incident. He started to review all the years of his life until he went back to his childhood. There he found the reason for his suffering. When he was a Talmud in elementary yeshiva, he and his friend once answered a tshuva to the question of his rebbe. Ramosh remembered that at the time he had a somewhat proud feeling when the rebbe found more favor with his answer than with his havers. Even though, in actuality, he didn't cause any damage to his friend, nevertheless, it wasn't proper to feel exalted through someone else's deficiency. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
0: JAM in the A.M., they call that CD Secrets of Shabbos. It's your and company from a uh, a release out of Israel. And that's, of course, L'Chad Dodi. 7.36, 24 minutes before 8 o'clock on a Thursday. A big Tzachem L'shalom, a big Bon Voyage to those who are heading to Israel, actually heading to the airport now to be in Israel for Shabbat Chayi Sarah, the holy city of Hebron. will be swelling with over 20,000 people. Wish we were among them. Uh, this Shabbos. So to everybody who's heading out today, which is essentially the deadline, if you want to get there in time for Shabbos, a big, let's say Shalom to you, enjoy, and uh, send our warmest regards to the brothers and sisters that we have in the holy city of Hebron. Mostly sunny with a high temperature of 56. We're at 41 right now. He is the Republican candidate for the mayoral uh, for the mayoralty of New York City. I refer, of course, to Joe Loda. He is here in our studio on a Thursday morning at JM in the AM. Mr. Loda, welcome to the program. Great to be here. Good morning. I appreciate that. It's great to have you here. And uh, I want to, I not that I can advise a campaign, because who am I to, to advise anybody? You,
11: why would you be different than anyone else?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I want you to do. Here's what I would like you to do. I, get the... I want you to get up. In front of New York City and say, let me tell you the Nahum Siegel story. (laughs) I moved to Manhattan on November the 7th, 1989, the day after I got married. And the area where I live, uh, I still live there now, and the area where I live was a very difficult area and very challenging. Mm -hmm. I had four cars stolen in the first two years that I lived there. There are streets, I'm specifically speaking of, I'm sure you're familiar with it, Clinton and Delancey, where I would never have walked during the day. Mm -hmm. Now my kids can walk at night. And that, to me, is the story of New York City over the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. I noticed this morning in one of the papers that when it comes to public safety, you are trusted, according to the polls, more than your opponent or anybody else who's been in this race over the last few months. I would think public safety is the number one concern. Then why are things not different? Uh, Public safety
11: is a concern, uh, depending on what communities you go into. Other communities, it's about jobs. They want to make sure that they can be employed and their children can be employed. But I've been talking about public safety for a long time, and I've been talking about how I believe uh, my opponent's views on public safety are reckless. Uh, It will send us back to an era that we don't ever want to go back to. Uh, I'll be having a press conference later today at the right outside the 6 7 precinct in Brooklyn, which is starting to see uh, over a hundred percent increase in shootings in the last month. Um, that type of situation requires to, an attention uh, from the mayor and from the police commissioner. And I actually believe that my opponent, Mr. de Blasio, really doesn't have any plans other than to enhance the relationship between the NYPD and the community. I don't know of anyone, any of the 8.3 or 8.4 million people in New York who would disagree that we need better relationships between the government and the people. NYPD in the communities, every agency in the communities, there is a complete disconnect right now between um, the government and all of uh, the communities in the city. That being said... Um, you need specific plans. You need dynamic plans. One of the things that I know about public safety is that the police department needs to keep changing its strategies and its tactics to stay one step ahead of the criminal element. If you keep doing the same thing over and over again, criminal elements are way too smart. They'll find
0: a way around it. And this is not, even though we're speaking in this forum... This is not a Jewish issue. I would assume this topic comes up in every single community and neighborhood that you've approached over the last few months. It's a New York issue. It's it's not to any particular community,
11: though, Every because every community is affected by rising crime. Simple as
0: that. It's as simple as that. And therefore, I think the best strategy and the best message is to continuously say, hey, We are going back. We are going back to, you know, the early 90s and Giuliani Bratton. And, you know, say what you will. But we need it. New York City needs it. Look. I believe, and I'm sure this is no revelation to you, the economic success of the city and the incredible and amazing run that the city is on is, is mostly because of what happened during that period and, and how much public safety was taken seriously. There's
11: no doubt in my mind that everything great that's happened in New York over the last 20 years began with the reduction in crime. Uh, businesses feel that you can invest in New York City again. Uh, you know, people feel that they can walk down the streets at night. I no longer have a sign in my car that says no radio. Uh, it's right. just little things like that or walking <laughs> out of my apartment on the Upper West Side of Manhattan uh, before I moved to Brooklyn and, and listening to this crunching of glass, which I found out were crack vials underneath my feet. Uh, you know, we, we can't go back to those days where New York was a dangerous place. Right. And, you know, unfortunately, 40% of the electorate today uh, does not, was not in New York 20 years ago. So right. we have a very, very different and changing demographic. When you tell someone who's 35 years old what New York was like 20 years ago when they were 15 and living somewhere else, they think it's like a bad, they think it's science fiction. Um, they have no recognition of what New York was like. You know, when they, if they watched the movie Taxi, for example, right. they absolutely believe that it's fiction. Um, And that it's not, you know, based on some level of fact. New York was a very, very different place. And that was the point I was bringing up in my commercial Mm -hmm. on how I believe Mr. de Blasio is recklessly dangerous when it comes to public safety issues.
0: Look, everyone knows I have a great relationship with Mr. de Blasio. I thought the commercial, though, was quite appropriate. Images from the past were 100% accurate as images tend to be. And that's the way New York was. And you just met someone this morning, my son, who does not know New York like the way you're describing it. He only knows New York. New York and Lower Manhattan to be a flourishing area that's attracting people in their 20s and 30s, just keep moving in and spending money and building businesses. It's a much, much different place. I'd like to give your son
11: a documentary of what happened in Tompkins Square Park, oh, right where you live. I don't right. know if you go in there, but there was a time when <laughs> you would stay a block away because of all the activity
0: or all of the criminal activity that happened Correct. in Thompson Square Park. And now they're biking over there and walking through there and having the greatest time in places look, like that. Look, that.
11: that's the beauty of the reduction in crime. We are going to parts of New York City that we never thought we would go to before, whether it's on the Lower East Side or look at what's going on in Williamsburg, right. in the old industrial areas Greenpoint. of Williamsburg. I mean, it is Greenpoint. Long Island City. Uh, the gentrification that's going on in Crown Heights, and, and which is causing some issues for the community as well. Right. I realize that. Uh, but what's happening is that it's moving out. And actually, I think one of the greatest beneficiaries is the borough I live in, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn is on a roll. It's in its ascendancy. Uh, it's, it creates more jobs than any other borough. It's populous. It's a great place now to live. When I moved to Brooklyn 25 years ago, It was always, I used to say this, it was easier for me to go to Manhattan than it was for anybody from Manhattan to go to Brooklyn. You know, it's like, you know, going through, requiring a passport. (laughs) The world has changed now. It's the hot
0: spot. D.A. Hines was here this week. We spoke about Red Hook and the amazing transformation there, and he claims that Brownsville's next. I said, Brownsville? You know, you just mentioned the words 20 years ago, and people would start to shudder in fear. And he says that he predicts that that same type of transformation can take place in a neighborhood like that. Brownsville, it, it is amazing to me. I've heard the same thing. It's great. For me, Brownsville conjures up, the, right. remember
11: the school strike? Remember exactly. it started in Brownsville? Sure. Uh, look, I, um, there's so much great going on. And, again, it started with the reduction in crime. I'm not satisfied with where the levels of crime are now. It needs to go lower. Uh, accepting the status quo is something I've never done in my life before, and we need to make it safer. We every now and then see spurts up in crime, and then the police department focuses on it and it goes down. We need to get illegal guns off the street. I will make it a very, very important initiative to do everything we can to prevent illegal guns from coming into the city of New York. And I applaud uh, Commissioner Kelly for what he's doing. He's actually now sending officers down south to the Carolinas and other states that are actually uh, sending guns or people are
0: running guns up here from those states. And those guns are killing New Yorkers. It's got to stop. Joe Lotus here. He's running as a Republican in the New York City primary, tw- New York City mayoral election 12 days from now. We are about to hit a very significant anniversary. Uh, this coming Tuesday, we're actually broadcasting from Achiezer. You know that they uh, did an amazing job in the aftermath of Hurricane or, or Superstorm Sandy. I can't say Hurricane because too many of my friends who had Hurricane insurance couldn't collect the penny. Instead, that they're you know they're, they're suffering, but that's a that's a whole whole other issue um, that, that I'll take up with Governor Christie since they're uh, suffering here in New Jersey from that. Um, but the uh, I read the, early this morning, I read some of the articles that were written about you. Uh, in regard to Superstorm Sandy, you did very well through that episode, to say the least. As the uh, and and the, the and and the proof is in the pudding, because it, it seems to me that uh, that um, columnists of all. Uh, of all political persuasions acknowledge the fact that uh, that you really helped the city bounce back very quickly from that. Did, are we overreacting now during this first anniversary? I know that there are plans and we have to spend billions for infrastructure, but with the rarity the relative rarity of these storms, are we overreacting overreacting now a year later?
11: No, I don't think we are. In fact, I think we're underreacting throughout the entire year. Uh we lost forty three humans during that storm, forty three humans that we all miss today. Uh quite honestly, uh I'm amazed at the lack of concern about what's going on in the Rockaways and in the southern part of Brooklyn and the south shore of Staten Island. We still have one year later people not able to go into their homes. Uh there's something dysfunctional about our federal government, our state government, and our city government that they make it difficult to pass money along to the people to renovate their homes. You know, we I want to be as mayor somebody like General George Patton. I want to take charge. I want to make sure that we, uh, as a city of New York, when we have storms like this again, uh, and God forbid we pull, we do everything we do to make the city resilient. But our response to what has happened uh, needs to be a lot better than what we have just gone through. Uh, I'm. It's embarrassing. I think it is, and and I might be the only one out there, but I actually believe uh, people should not be out of their homes one year later. The Broadwalk um, out in Rockaways should be done and finished. Chris Christie got his done. Why can't we get ours done? Uh, It really, really concerns me about where we have went. But by the way, your comments about the MTA and how it did, look all of the All of the great accolades belong to the men and women of the transit authority, the unionized members they are the ones who were positioned all throughout the system. They are the ones who got the system up and running again because it was their ideas about what to do if salt water goes into the subway system. They took out of a lot a lot of electronics, all of which would have been ruined by the salt water. Uh, it was all taken out on the last train coming back, and they had it back up and running on Thursday morning. Uh, we also sent you know, pictures out all throughout the storm showing people the damage that was being suffered at both the subway system as well as the Long Island Railroad and Metro North. And I think most people concluded when they saw that damage that it was going to be a really long time. Well, let me tell you, I saw the men and women of the Transit Authority rally uh, because they, to a person, um, they all love their job, and they love their job because they know 5.5 million people take the subway every day. And it's an amazing number. Our city could not operate without a, a subway system. And so, of course, it's not a perfect system. There's nothing perfect in this world. But don't forget, the subway system was designed in the late 1890s. It opened in 1908. Uh, it's been around for a long, long period of time. I think one of the things that allowed it to come back so quickly was its built, how strong it was built, mm-hmm. and the simplicity in which it was built. Uh, that's not to say that the men and women did not focus. Boy, did they ever. And they need, I really mean this, I say this to every subway worker I ever see, I still, still to this day thank them for what they did, because they got the city up on its feet uh, in a relatively
0: short period of time. But it's interesting that you cite first the preparation that they made in advance mm-hmm. and the ingenuity they used with the preparation. There are city agencies that unfortunately did not prepare well For the storm, and uh, maybe if they would have paid more attention or used the same type of ingenuity, we would have been better off. You know, uh, throughout the Giuliani administration,
11: uh, when I was first budget director and helping to create the Office of Emergency Management, and then when I was deputy mayor, we did numerous tabletop exercises as to what we would do as a city in the event of all kinds of uh, uh, disasters. They could have been man-made or they could have been Mother Nature. We, we you know, we we planned for what we would do in a hurricane. We planned for what we would do in various different terrorist incidents. We planned for what would happen if someone put sarin gas in the subway system or if we had some level of a nuclear event in New York. How would we operate? How would we evacuate? How would we make sure food comes into the city of New York? What would happen if our water system was impeded in any way? How would we be able to work in that environment? Um, when I got to the MTA, uh, one of the very first things I did is sit down with everybody and say, you know, what are our contingency plans in the event that we have a disaster? And you can divine, define the disaster in any number of ways, but the planning and the preparation is so important. And here's why. The last thing you want in the middle of a crisis of any kind is somebody, especially a senior person, coming into you and saying, hey, boss, what do I do now? Everybody needs to know what they need to do, and you need to train for it. You need to practice for it. Because while some people will say, well, it may never happen, uh, that doesn't make me comfortable.
0: It <laughs> may happen, and let's, let's be ready. We've learned that lesson too many times. Joe Loda is here running for, on the uh, 5th of November, running for New York City mayor on the Republican side. Uh, you discussed how public safety is, uh, is directly responsible in so many ways for the flourishing of New York City. The educational system, in many ways, is responsible for what New York City's makeup is and what it looks like years from now. Uh, is the uh, How do you view the way Mayor Bloomberg, over the last 12 years, has handled the New York City Department of Education?
11: I think Mayor Bloomberg, who was very successful in getting uh, mayoral control, uh, has done a good job, but we have to do a better job. Well, no, again, as I said, I don't like any. that's called status quo. We've got to now, look, there have been a lot of administrative changes within the department. I think the mayor uh, and his chancellors have done a very, very good job. We now have to kick it up a step uh, because our children need to be the focus of our education system. I still think we have bloat within the Department of Education. We still need to figure out why we have so many people working there. Uh, I will work closely with the teachers. I will do my very best to work closely with the teachers' union. Uh, but I think the key to success is making sure that our teachers have the resources and the training necessary all to become excellent teachers.
0: No question about it. I'm married to a New York City public school teacher. She's doing quite well, so I can tell you there's some great people in the system. Absolutely That's there are great sure. people, and I want them all to be great. And, you know, I, it pains me, you know,
11: that the union will fight for all teachers regardless of how good they are. I mean, the, the amount, the millions of dollars we spend in paying salaries for people in the rubber room—it's outrageous. Right. It's like twenty-four million dollars a year right. in salaries that paid for
0: for teachers that are not allowed in the classroom. Um, in general, about the campaign, I I I often say to my children, especially those who entertain the idea of going into politics or are enamored with the idea of politics, I. I Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I tell them. I, I say that, you know, to work for somebody who's in public office, to make a difference behind the scenes, that's, to me, admirable and tolerable. But to be out there in the public eye with the scrutiny that's out there and the way that you are, I don't want to say harassed, but hounded by the media on every statement and every move and every step you take is, to me, just, why would someone put themselves through that? So now that you're in the midst of that whole experience, how would you comment on it? You know, Nakam,
11: I uh, have always worked for someone. I've never run for office before. This is the very first time I've run for office. I think it's noticeable <laughs> um, that one of the things I've always wanted, I, I've always thought about, is that how important running New York City is. I work very, very closely with Mayor Giuliani. I understand. I helped uh, Mayor Bloomberg in his first election, uh, advising him on uh, budget and financial related issues to get him up to speed. Uh, the reality is, a year ago. Uh, last summer. Not, you know, everybody thinks I made up my mind during Sandy. It had nothing to do with Sandy. Right. It, it was last summer. I was looking at all the candidates who were running and the ones who had talked about running or were thinking about running and those who were fundraising about running. I thought each and every one of them didn't have the competency to be mayor, didn't have the skills to be mayor. New York City is a very complex place. So I looked at that and I looked at my background and I said, this is my one chance where I think I can make a difference. And so I decided to throw my hat in the ring. I fully understand that my life is an open book at this point. I fully understand that you know to expect when I walk out of my apartment there could be a reporter standing there or a photographer standing there. I I, I worry all the time every time I take my dog out to walk. Um, geez, what do I what do I wear, what am I wearing <laughs> because I have to worry that the New York Daily News may be taking a picture of me, or worse, picking up. After my dog, which is a picture I don't want in the paper, but nonetheless, it's the law, and we must do it. Uh, and I also understand. You know what's amazing to me? It's I don't. It's not the press. It's it's everybody who I run into who believes that they are the ultimate in campaign strategy. It's an campaign strategist like
0: me. It, you know, it's
11: just it's, it's, it, And I, I don't mind it, uh, but at the same time, fortunately uh,
0: for you, I'm the only one who's really a good one. <laughs>
11: Yeah, I hear that all the time. <laughs> really? I don't believe a word of it. Nonetheless, nonetheless, we've got 12 days in this campaign to go. Uh I'm going to stretch the limit and, and see how far I can stay up every day and how little I can sleep. Uh I see it, uh, the the campaign is
0: turning are issues you you mentioned crime Well, that uh, seeing those uh, by the way it's more than just that i noticed that you're leading in other categories as well that's why to me the difference in the big number is 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 uh, is not is just not believable
11: it's not believable and it's not believable in a sense of what i'm seeing in the communities i cannot tell you how many people come up to me and say joe i'm a democrat but i'm gonna vote for you and i hear it over and over again now that that may be wishful thinking on and what I'm hearing on my part, or they're trying to blow smoke, or whatever the situation is. But the reality is, when you look at the data, the top line, there's a there's a there's, it's wide right. that, that margin. Um, But when you start looking at the issues, New Yorkers are in my side of the equation, not in my opponent's side of the equation. I need to get that merged together. Are you feeling the energy pick up? Are you feeling like the next 12 days are going to be amazing? I am uh, feeling the energy. Uh, There's a a lot of political consultants, guys who have been around New York for a long, long period of time, who believe that New Yorkers really don't pay attention until the Yankees are out of the playoffs Mm, or the World Series. And what's interesting is this is the first time, I think, in 19 years uh, (laughs) New York doesn't have someone in the playoffs and now the World Series. Um, and and New Yorkers are still just starting to pay attention. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, David Garth, who told me this first a long, long time ago, uh, I think, David, may, it may be just the fact that uh, it's New Yorkers who wait until the last week to right. get engaged. It's different than any other
0: race. All right. Just to, uh, again, uh, c- confirm uh, what you're saying, my wife says to me last night, what do you think? When I mentioned that you're going to be visiting. So she says to me, what do you think? So I said, I think that... Nobody in New York City, and of course, I mean that in a general term, is paying attention yet. And now it's going to really start, and there's only 12 days left, so you right. never know what may happen. Um, the um, a couple of issues before I let you go. Uh, number one, I and I, I've said this to uh, I've said this to Bill De Blasio on more than one occasion. Any mayoral candidate who comes out and says that on the day after they're inaugurated, we are eliminating all bike lanes in New York, (laughs) even though I don't endorse anybody, they are getting my endorsement. So, Mr. Loda, I ask you the same question I always ask him. And he's leaning, by the way, toward no bike lanes, although he wouldn't say it definitively. Will Are you willing to say, yes, Nahum, let's get rid of all those bike lanes because bikers, I believe, in the old system, were safer than they are with these bike lanes. I'm telling you, I think there are more encounters between pedestrians and bikers and between cars and bikers now with the bike lanes than when they used to just go with the flow of traffic on a regular Manhattan day. Unfortunately,
11: (laughs) Nakam, I'm not going to get your endorsement. Uh, But here's the problem with the bike lanes. There has been very minimal discussion as to what the strategy is and what the plan is on all of mobility in New York. How are streets going to be used for cars and trucks and buses? Ambulances, pedestrians, and bicyclists. All of a sudden, you wake up one day. Look what happened along Prospect Park. Right. All of a sudden, they wake up and there's a par- cars seem to be parked in the middle of the street. Mm-hmm. There's now concrete barriers up. The reality is, this is something you know, and a lot of the transportation. Alternative folks and folks like that will say well didn 't you read the mayor 's sustainability report and plan NYC two thousand or didn 't you read the speech that the mayor gave uh, his second, third, and fifth you know state of the city address? This requires involvement with the community so they understand it doesn 't matter where I go in any one of the five boroughs everybody 's saying what 's the plan and that in and of itself is a problem. Government needs to communicate what the plan is, what the vision is. Uh, and um, I think that's true. Now, let me also tell you something yeah. from the polls that I've seen. It's fascinating to me. New Yorkers, 35 years and younger, love the bike lanes in the high 80% range. And then as you get older in the category. Less tolerable. To say,
3: <laughs> unbelievably
11: less tolerable. <laughs> so there's something here that's going gonna, gonna, to, over time, it's going to be much more acceptable. Uh, and, you know. It's something, it's a change. Uh, You know, I think the other night, de Blasio, Mr. de Blasio and I uh, agreed on, you know, what's going on in Times Square and in Herald Square. My proposal is uh, going to be, and always has been, I don't understand why uh, these street plazas are permanent. Uh, Why do they have to be permanent all the time? You know, the curbs are still there. Uh, All of the furniture, you know, I think they... They try to lock the furniture down as much as possible because being New York, things things tend to disappear. But the reality is, we should be able to open it up during certain hours of the day right. to deal with the traffic problem and overall, you know, go in, in a direction to enhance mobility in New York.
0: All right, I won't even tell you my opinion on chairs and tables on Broadway. That's a whole separate issue. I'm still working on the bike lanes first, but we'll see what happens. But Stan- I'm waiting for the barbecues to be put out there. <laughs> Let's really do it.
3: Exactly. That's what's <laughs> going to happen.
0: Stan Brezhnev was here. I don't know how many years ago when he he was the uh, he was the head of Port Authority. I think at that time Port Authority, MTA, one of them. Right.
11: Well, Stan was and, Stan Stan worked from Air Koch and right. after he left the Koch admin, after David Dinkins came in um, then he 10- moved on so he, I,
0: I said to him at that time because I was so frustrated with the commute at that time uh, <laughs> uh, from Manhattan I said you can construct in the Holland Tunnel all you want just let me know when you're doing it right. so I know when to avoid it I feel it's the same thing with the bike lanes with the granny islands you know you can you can take Grand Street and reconfigure it all you want and do it but <laughs> let me know right. so, so that I understand what the plan is and I understand that if I want to go to the Williamsburg Bridge now i got to wait Ten minutes of my car on Grand Street. That's and, all. And and
11: today it's much different than you know twenty years ago when Stan was at the Port Authority. Today we have all kinds of social media. You right. can use Twitter instantly. You can, you'll know. You can use emails. You can send information out all the time. Hundred um, percent. And. We need to do that, and the government needs to do a lot more of that.
0: It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web at jmandtheam.org. Our final moments with Joe Loda, who runs on November 5th on the Republican line uh, for mayor of the city of New York. I would be remiss, and I'll be, con- I'll be uh, criticized all day if I don't ask you about specific community issues. Sure. Um, look, I-, I-, I would guess that as you go through Jewish neighborhoods or certain Jewish neighborhoods, there are certain topics that constantly are coming up. And one of them is Mitzitz of a pad, which I think you refer to as MB, MBP. Is that yes, it? Yes. That's how you refer because to it. Because
11: every time, every time I try to say it, I botch it up, and therefore I gave it the initials. And, and it's been pretty accepted throughout the community when I say it, because they all... They uh, understand they know what you how difficult right. it is, for me at least, to pronounce it.
0: So I, I just want to give you my perspective sure. on it. And I think mine is the most level-headed perspective. And I'll say this to any, any Jewish leader and anybody in the community. Sure, all of us are concerned when, un- when any public safety issue comes up. And we certainly want to be educated about the do's and don'ts and what you know scientists and doctors think and what religious leaders think. Yeah. But I don't know if New York City government should be stepping in. And without all the evidence, certainly making decisions about this thing that's my perspective on it.
11: i I totally agree with you and i also think it's a violation of the constitution for a government to restrict religious practice it goes far beyond what what our constitution allows to happen i don't see anything wrong with the government educating you know when you take your your child home from the hospital they always give you a package you know when i first received it you know Twenty-two years ago when my daughter was born, I was hoping there was an instruction guide in there, but there wasn't. There were no instructions. But there are all kinds of issues related to how to feed the child and all cleanliness and all kinds of issues. Included in there should be a sheet of paper from the New York City Department of Health talking about risk, period. You don't have to sign it. You don't have to read it. You don't have to acknowledge it. You can do with it as you wish. Education is a part of a role that government can play. But outright denying it, outright banning it, or requiring you to sign on the dotted line that you've read it and you understand
0: it is wrong. Um, by the way, is uh, she a political science major, or she's not heading toward that arena? In, my, in my
11: daughter just graduated uh, from Georgetown With poli-sci?
0: Uh, she was a government there major. There you go. It's so
11: unfortunate <laughs> for me to hear this. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't
0: have reminded you, huh?
11: <laughs> you know, my daughter My daughter grew up. Uh, she was, She had the uncanny ability 20-some-odd years ago. as was the only person who was allowed to run through City Hall whenever she wanted, and she would do it on her pigtails. And I I can remember being embarrassed because I was in a meeting with the mayor uh, and the police commissioner talking about something very serious and very confidential. The door swung open. My little six-year-old daughter kept running and jumped right into Rudy Giuliani's (laughs) lap. Uh, We took a picture of it. But she had total control of City Hall back then, and she was wonderful. So
0: she was a government major even then.
3: (laughs) Well,
11: I think she's been around government for a long time. She's talking about graduate school right now going in a different direction to become Uh, very employable in this society, and I'm very happy for that.
0: Uh, Final comments regarding the community. Am I right, then, that when you're traveling through noticeably Jewish areas of New York, that education and housing, are, uh, in addition to public safety, are the two primary issues?
11: Uh, Absolutely. The amount of, uh, you know, what's unique about the the Orthodox and the Hasidic communities are the number of yeshivas. Uh, We need to do something to help. The costs are going out of control. The two things that I always talk about uh... with the with the yeshivas, uh, actually three things uh... number one last year in the new york state senate uh... A bill put forward by uh, marty golden from bayridge brooklyn right. uh... basically put forward a credit a tax credit for those parents who send their children to a school other than a public school so it encompasses all levels of uh... private and independent schools would have a tax credit it wasn't allowed to come to the floor Uh, in the New York State Assembly, it ought to. It passed in the Senate. Let's pass it in the Assembly, um, and then let's move it on to the governor's desk so it can be signed. Um, The other thing is, and you mentioned before, public health and public safety. Um, When I was a kid, New York City paid for uh, part of the salaries, not all of the salary, of a school nurse Mm -hmm. because the school nurse was required to really focus on public health. Uh, not just in, you know, the health of the students, because if the nurse saw a trend, her responsibility was to notify the city of New York that there's something going on here. It became an early warning system for public health related issues. I think New York City can and should participate in the cost of a school nurse at any other, uh, at any schools. And the second one is public safety. Schools spend a fortune on public safety. It's called public for a reason. We saw what happened, uh, up in a, a beautiful and sleepy little town in Connecticut where someone with a gun was shooting kids in kindergarten and first grade That could, unfortunately we live in a world where that can happen and unfortunately we live in a city that is a terrorist target we need to coordinate security NYPD and the school safety division I believe should be placed in front of every single private school in the lobby so that there is a presence there but there's also an ability that in the event something happens the NYPD has been part of the coordination and planning what will happen, where will the students go, what exits will be locked, uh, and how will we deal with any
0: type of situation that we really don't like to talk about, but we have to be prepared for. At 6 p.m. today, I'm sitting in for a gentleman named Michael Fragan in his regular <laughs> slot. What's he going to be doing? And he's, from what I hear, he's pounding the pavement and working hard for the Republicans in New York City. That's what I've been told. Um, and one of my guests this evening is a handwriting analyst. Who is going to be examining the signatures of Bill de Blasio and Joe Loda? Where Where did they get my signature from? That's a very good question. But it's printed in the package. Show it you. It's printed in the paper. That's fine. Okay, good. What will we learn from the signature of Joe Loda tonight? Do you have any clue?
11: I'm an o- yeah, I think, I think so. Um, I'm an open book. What you see is what you get. Uh, and I, you know, uh, my, my handwriting is quite. Um, yeah, you that's see that? a, that's, that's it is your signature. Oh, sure. That looks like a document I signed. There's a dotted line across the way there. So the
0: author joins me tonight on my on Michael's show. That's great. I
11: remember reading uh, this article uh, somewhere. I thought it was in the Wall Street Journal, but this looks like another newspaper. That's in the Jewish Press of today. Okay, and um, so yeah, I'd like I'll listen in.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much. I
11: always listen in when Fragan's on the show, so this this will be a little different. But no
0: clue what we might learn,
11: huh? No preview from Joe Loda. Hey, you know I you know. <laughs> This is like, I, you know, I'm not sure. I've got multiple different signatures. <laughs> that's why I asked. You know, sometimes I just sign Joe and... You know, it's really interesting to me. I, I always use my first name, Joseph, mm-hmm. but now in the campaign I sign things, Joe. Right. It, it's a marketing thing.
0: There you go. And it's much shorter and easier, I guess, when you're signing so many more autographs than you used to, right? That's, that's true. Thank you so much for visiting us this morning, and good luck on the 5th of November.
11: Thank you. And uh, One thing I'd like to sure. to say to all of your uh, uh, listeners who are from New York City, mm-hmm. come out and vote on November 5th. Exercise your right to vote. It's a... It, It's uniquely American, and we're not taking advantage of it anymore. So I'd like you to vote for me, but nonetheless, get out and vote.
0: It's an important thing that we do as Americans. And Jewish grandmothers, and you know something about Jewish grandmothers. I do. Jewish grandmothers would say it's our obligation after our history to get out and vote.
11: It is an obligation, and it's one that we should uh, love doing every year, and sometimes more than once a year. Thank you so much again, and good luck. Thank you, Malcolm.
0: Thank you. Joe Loda on a very special Thursday morning at JM in the AM. (laughs)
1: Silver so so linda. Lay a coolie, my eyes. <laughs> oh, I love Lay a coolie,
3: my eyes. Oh, I love
0: A.M. in the A.M. La Thursday morning. Uh, big, big, big. Tzacham Shalom to those who are heading to the airport for Chai Sara in Chevron. Uh, enjoy. It's an amazing experience. I want to thank Joe Loda. It's Dr. Ari Kornblit. Dr. Ari Kornblit, who joins me tonight at 610 p.m. on our stream at jmnam.org he's going to be he is a handwriting analyst and he'll be uh, analyzing the uh, signatures of bill de blasio and the joe loda that's in the six o'clock hour during spin class where i sit in again during the month of october for michael fragan and uh... who's actually working with uh, joe loda a lot of stuff on our stream today at jmnam.org a lot of good things going on really have a um... Really have an incredible lineup uh, today. We've got the um, Book of Life with Charlie Harari. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make an attempt right now to see if we can get Charlie on just to discuss the show for a minute or two. He has an amazing show coming up. He just spent uh, a, a uh, he just went on a trip to Israel with 80 people who had never. It sounds like had never been to Israel before, and for most of them it was their first encounter ever with soldiers, with Hasidim, with Orthodox Jews, with Yeshiva Bachrim, And Charlie says that uh, today's show is going to concentrate on how we deal with other people, just based on his experience. So I'll see if we can get him on quickly for a couple of minutes here at JM in the AM. Uh, also, uh, Miriam al has uh, put together an amazing show on That's Life today. Let's see if we can get a hold of him. Miriam Wallach has put together an amazing show today on on That's Life between 10 and 11. First of all, she will be speaking about uh, the continued episodes that are happening in this country in regard to uh, school shootings. Uh, And her guest will be Dr. Michael Solomon on the recent school shootings and how to resist the temptation to wrap your kids in bubble wrap and homeschool them. And then Yeshiva University's professor, Dr. Jeffrey Gurak, will discuss a New York Times piece written by Sam Friedman last weekend about the Jewish high school in Florida with a competitive football team where it's no more Friday night lights. Now it's Thursday night lights because of Shabbos. It's happening on the stream today between 10 and 11 at um, org. 11 o'clock, I'll do the uh, live lunch. At 1 o'clock, Dr. David Lieberman will join me. Today's topic on sound advice is panic attacks that was recommended by one of our listeners so we'll be doing that it's called panic attacks we'll be doing that uh, between one and two eastern time on the stream and um we have a full day including album of the week featuring dove levine spin class as i mentioned i'll be sitting in for michael Frigan and much much more so make sure you are with the stream all day long at org. 16 minutes after 8 o'clock. A big taste to those heading to Chevron today for Shabbat Chayei Sarah. Our friends from uh, Masbia and a very, very big uh, donation that's been made to masbia not of money but of food, is our feature coming up just a few minutes from now if you keep it here at JM and the AM.
2: Taha lev bala you wanted to be lachma mister From above you And healthier And you keep up there Chagera Beoz Motnea Wattea Metzerot Tama Kitov Shilcha Hakishor the Rapea Tamhu Fale Kanda a seta, sheesh, be Arga man levusha, no dabash arim, paala, beeshifto imzikne tadin a seta, ani. va ti mishak leoma charot hi pa traveroch ma letora tsedal lishona sofia alichot beitah velechem lo tochel Va nehava kulana, Shamitah lal,
0: thought it was a big deal and we would attract the crowd when uh, Joe Loda was here. Seth Levitt of uh, Abel's and Hyman uh, Kosher Meat is in our studio, and all of a sudden the paparazzi has gone nuts. Good morning, Seth.
12: Good morning, how are you? Why
0: is Seth here? I'll explain in a moment. We have a special guest with us live via telephone. And speaking of political campaigns, if there is somebody who's familiar with political campaigns... It is the uh, executive director of Maspia, Alexander Rappaport, is with us live via telephone. And the reason that he is so familiar with political campaigns, Maspia has become so big, so important, and so prominent in our community as a uh, as a, um, a source of food for, for people in our community who are of need, that every single political candidate... Let me see if Michael agrees with me or not. Shake your head yes or no. Uh, yes, he said every person who's running for any significant office in new york city at some point stops by the maspia headquarters in brooklyn new york alexander Rappaport, welcome to JM in the am hello hello am i right that you're entertaining a lot of political figures these days
13: yes yes <laughs>
0: and what happens they come in do you actually give them a job like do they take a uh, do they take an apron and actually do some work or it's all just a photo opportunity
13: now, everybody gets an apron. Everybody gets to hand out some meals.
0: And they do And they do actual work for you. That's very nice. Now, and we'll discuss in a minute the relationship that has been formed between Maspia and Abels and Hyman. We'll get to it in a second. It's a big story. It's been printed uh, and written about a lot already. But first, tell me why Maspia has become so successful. I know it's supported by the community, but obviously you had to earn their trust first. What is it about Maspia that has made it such a successful place for people who are poor to come and get the food that they need.
13: The idea is that it's very basic. There's very, there's not a lot going on. There's uh, to say it like very bluntly. They come in hungry, and they leave satiated. Like you come in with an empty stomach and you go out full. Uh, and that's all that we do. And it, the, the idea that it's so simple, so plain, so basic—that's part of the success. Most people don't want to be given a form and a lot of questions asked before they get some help. That's the true. idea that you come in, you treat it like it's a restaurant, and just get um, get seated, and a waiter brings you your food, and. And it's served with dignity, and it's reliable. It's there every day. We've been around for seven years. That's that's I think what what makes it uh, that that's that streamlined, that that reliability of an emergency meal. That's that's what it is.
0: The uh, and the fact that the government officials or those who want to be government officials are spending time with you. Obviously, they know what the community thinks of your efforts. Alexander Rappaport's on our phone line. He's executive director of Masbia, There are a lot of different ways that you keep going. I know that there are people in our community and outside our community who give very generously. They want to make sure that you have the money that's necessary to keep going on a daily basis. You just mentioned how the system you've created where people can eat in a very dignified fashion with waiter service and... The feeling that they're in a restaurant, not necessarily what we would call a typical soup kitchen, uh, that is a big factor behind your success. But another factor is that aside from uh, donations, uh, you know, cash donations, you are getting donations of food from uh, prominent companies. And uh, our friends at Abel's and Hyman, the award-winning glott kosher hot dog manufacturer, and Seth Levitt is here in our studio. They are in the midst right now of donating $10,000 worth of hot dogs to what we call the Maspia Soup Kitchen. Alexander, I'll come back to you to get your reaction to this unbelievable gesture in a moment. Seth, how many hot dogs is $10,000 worth of kosher hot dogs? Uh, co- close to
12: 100,000 <laughs> hot dogs, probably.
0: That's pretty amazing, though. No? Yeah. So this is not going to last for only one meal at Maspia. It should last for a while. It huh? should last for a while,
12: yeah.
0: Uh, how did this happen, that you, uh, that you decided to uh, to make this gesture to... Get out there and support what is uh,
12: the Jewish community's, one of their favorite causes. Well, um, firstly, it's a privilege to be able to work with Alexander Rappaport. Uh, He's done a phenomenal job uh, in feeding those who uh, need to be fed. Um, and uh my company is uh celebrating that we're about to uh, begin celebrating our 60th year in business. Azaltov, thank you. And um, we wanted to uh you know we're very supportive of the, of the community but we wanted this year to uh, begin or we wanted to begin our 60th year by uh doing something really special. And we thought that the program that Alexander runs uh, at a, is a phenomenal program. And uh, what better way to support this program than by uh, giving them some hot dogs? All right, so now
0: let me ask Alexander. Alexander, what do we do with 100,000 hot dogs? <laughs> did you say 10,000? No, no, no. It's, How it's, many it's, did it's less, it's less. 50,000?
12: Yeah, it's, it's approximately. What do we do
0: 90. with tens of thousands of kosher hot dogs, well, Alexander? They're in packages, so it's a little <laughs> I easier. know, I know.
13: Uh, and so besides the, the, the everyday dinner, we also have, that we do every Thursday night, we let people take home a little bit of a grocery package. Oh, wow. Uh, so both, uh, we will try to give people, in many ways, people will be getting um, the, um, those hot dogs. And again, if for us, getting the kosher meat, kosher protein is always the challenge. That's in, uh, on our, on our yearly budget, that's our biggest item. And having that donated is something like uh, uh, we get very rarely. Almost all the time we have to go and buy that with money that people donate. So the idea that we get um, kosher meat, kosher protein donated is for us like a very uh, important thing and a very useful thing and something that doesn't happen very often uh, and so, so that's that we're very excited for this
0: well i mean uh, I, I, let me interrupt for a second because now that Abels and hymen has done this hopefully it will encourage other kosher companies to do the same thing meat or dairy kosher companies
13: right right and, and again we for now we still have most of the food we get we still have to buy right we hope there will be a day that will get that companies kosher food companies especially would see it in their interest to be part of um, helping the community and wanting to copycat them and try to help us help the community and help the needy, and and give people food.
0: Alexander Atport is Executive Director of Maspia. Do you get any donations of um, baked goods and produce? Does anything like that come through, or that's all purchased?
13: Yeah, we do get So there's a lot of things that need to go into it. Obviously, it needs to be uh, um, taken care of, but um, the way we get it needs to go through the Department of Health Regulations, meaning to say... It has to be dealt with. You know, it can be the leftovers from some simca where it wasn't, like, put away um, with someone who knows how to put away food. Right. You wouldn't take that. Then there's a cautious thing. You know, you have right. to have, uh, you know, anything that we get needs to still have the proper labels Good and point. stuff. Good point. Right. And, and, um... We do get, we're, we are right across the street from pomegranate, so we get every day the, the vegetables that they pull off the shelf. By them, you know, the pepper has a tiny wrinkle.
0: Coloca, like 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 pomegranate. Things
13: like that we do get.
0: Colocavota like pomegranate, that's a great gesture. Uh, Masbia information, how do people contribute to the cause, whether they're giving tens of thousands of hot dogs or whether they're, uh, they want to give you a nice cash uh, donation, how do people support Masbia?
13: So you can find Masbia on the web at org. It's M-A-S-B-I-A dot O-R-G. And you could always um, um, call 8669-MASBIA. That's 8669-M-A-S-B-I-A. There is There is there is an easy way to do if people are, you know, uh, listening and they have a cell phone handy. There's always, if you want to give a quick $10 donation, you could always dial Tuesday. 0222 and put in the word soup so it's a number with only five digits and you put in the word soup and they'll verify if you actually want to give a donation and you give a donation of ten dollars goes off your cell phone bill is my uh, must be a video from years ago still up on the web
14: Sure, sure. Remember that one? <laughs> sure.
0: We did a video in front of Maspia. It was one of the windiest days ever. So my tie and my hair are all over the place. But we got the point across, Alexander, didn't we? We got the point across. Yes, yes it, was, it
13: was to promote people to do to share their food right. with Maspia. Now, when
0: they make a wedding, they should support Maspia as well, in addition to paying the caterer for their kid's wedding. Uh, so you can go to the web and you can support Maspia, and obviously they are in Brooklyn. What are you now, two locations or more?
13: Three locations, so two in Brooklyn, one in Queens on Queens Boulevard.
0: I didn't even realize you're in Queens already, so you're expanding. Uh, and everybody out there who's donating to uh, must be on a regular basis or not a regular basis, a big thank you, and we'll continue our conversation with Seth. Uh, here's your chance, Alexandra, in front of our tens of thousands of listeners. Seth, sitting right here, you can give them the big thank you for the tens of thousands of hot dogs from Abel's and Iman.
13: Exactly. Thank you so much. On behalf of all the people who already been getting and again we it, this is so much stuff that our truck had to go a few times to pick them <laughs> up so we picked up a lot of stuff last week we picked up a lot of stuff this week and we will be coming and the people were very very excited to, to get them so on behalf of everyone the hundreds and hundreds of people who were built, who were being fed and with your help. thank you.
12: Thank you. Thank you. It's our pleasure, Alexander. Like I said, it's a privilege to be able to work with you and uh, and your cause. It's such a worthy cause, and uh, we're just happy to be able to participate.
0: Thank you, Alexander. Alexander Rappaport from Maspia, the beneficiaries, the people who eat at Maspia and are in great need, the beneficiaries of this amazing gesture from Abels and Hyman. Seth Levitt in our studio. What's better? To be in Costco or to be in Maspia? Which one's better? Uh, it, feels,
12: uh, <laughs> it, it feels better to be in Maspia,
0: but we thank God for Costco. How long have you been in places like Costco? Because that's a big move for a company, right? When you're when you're used to, I don't know, kosher stores and then kosher supermarkets and then maybe a Pathmark or ShopRite, I guess the next step would be one of those major places, major right? Major stores, correct. Well, Costco's doing a
12: phenomenal job in their kosher department. Uh, they're bringing in uh, uh, amazing brands, quality brands. They're very, very. Uh, they, they key in on quality. Quality. And uh, you know that when you go into, to Costco, you're, you're paying a fair price. You're getting. You may be buying in bulk but uh, you're, you're getting good products, and, and they're doing a, a great job, like I said.
0: And uh, you see that across the board.
12: It's not just with yours. I mean, yeah. me, all the kosher food they're bringing in. All the kosher food. Uh, the, the, they're bringing in high-end brands. Uh, they're, they're bringing in quality brands, and uh, they're doing a, a phenomenal job in the kosher department. All right,
0: I don't know if you heard my conversation. Who was it? With? Oh, Rabbi Konelsky was here the other day. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I revealed during that conversation that I'm an expert on one store. There's only one place where I know the floor plan, of every single product in the store, and that's BJ's in Jersey City. So that when I go there, I can find exactly... I studied it for a couple of days, so that when my wife gives me a list, I go in, and five minutes later, I am out. Is there any hope that your product
12: might be... For a shopper like me at BJ's in Jersey City. Well, we are working on it, and maybe after the radio show today, uh, there's a, <laughs> there will be a chance. You think so? Are they as committed?
0: Uh, maybe it's not a fair question to ask you to say publicly, but just out of curiosity, do they, do they also have a commitment for kosher food like Costco and others do?
12: Uh, I believe they have a commitment uh, towards kosher food. However, I think what Costco has done uh, is unparalleled in the industry. Um, they've just uh, really opened their eyes and seen... And they've seen the opportunity that they have to uh, sell kosher food to the kosher community. And uh, like I said, they're doing a great job. What was the contest you won that the Forward made so popular a few months ago? The Forward uh, did a taste test uh, back in May. Um, and uh, they ranked our hot dogs, or they ranked hot dogs that are available to the kosher market. Right. And our hot dogs came in number one, beating out uh, our largest competitor, which would be Hebrew National. Right. And uh, that was uh, certainly a, a, a feather in our cap. It was uh, nice to uh, receive uh, accolades like that. and. and and, and nice to know that we, you know, do something uh, really nice, really and, good.
0: And you told me, and it's funny because Michael Fragan was t- telling us how, m- how much he agreed with that, uh, <laughs> with that assessment that you're number one. But you told me last week that there was actually uh, A family from Pennsylvania that drove about 90
12: minutes, would you say, just to pick up the product at your freezer? Yeah, they came (laughs) in from Bucks County, PA. Uh, They love our hot dogs, and uh, they couldn't find them in the local uh, shop. And uh, they said, you know what, it's 90 minutes away. Let's take a drive. The hot dogs are good. And and they bought a few packages of hot dogs.
0: All right, so what's the secret? What's the key to a good kosher hot dog, you would say? You know, for the layman like me, I don't know the meat industry. I know how to eat the meat, but I don't know the industry. What's the secret? What should we be
12: looking for? um, It's... What you uh put into the hot dog um, and uh, we 've always put in great ingredients we we don 't skimp uh, the process is is the same process as it was uh, 60 years ago. The equipment is nowhere, obviously. <laughs> um, but we're doing it the way the original owners uh, produced the hot dog. The spices are, are, are outstanding. The meat ingredients are outstanding. Uh, the workers are outstanding. They love what they do, and that helps uh, when you're uh, manufacturing, when your employees love what they do, and, and you've got good employees, they make a good product. Simple as that. And you mentioned to me, and I, did, I never knew
0: this, I would think, that hot dogs are, you know, heavily for sale in this country all year round. But there really is a specific time of year that's heavy. I mean, summer, I understand, right. because people
12: are grilling more. But you, but you said it starts much
0: earlier than summer. Well,
12: our season starts actually uh, in January. And that's because? Pesach. Simple uh, as that. Simple as that. If and, not for that big holiday, it, it, it would be just like any other month in, in November or December. Right. Uh, it, the hot dog industry is a seasonal industry, and, and thank God we produce more than hot dogs. We produce salamis right. and cornbees and pastrami's. Um, but the hot dog industry itself is a seasonal uh, – uh, uh, pro- hot dogs are seasonal items. Right. So we really see a, a, a bump uh, in sales from uh, January all the way through the end of the summer. See, I have a different theory. Go ahead. Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we see a bump, obviously, for uh, you know <laughs> major holidays.
0: <laughs> like, like Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. And is every Abel's and Hyman product kosher or Pesach, or that's impossible?
12: Uh, everything except for our mustards. That's the only thing. Those are the only things we make. Otherwise,
0: like your hot dog packages are our kosher La Pesach. Our
12: hot dogs are kosher La Pesach. Uh... You know, starting in January when right. they're when
0: they're produced. And how many varieties of hot dogs do you have? Are you are you do you do chicken, turkey, and all that? Or we
12: uh, recently started chicken and turkey frankfurters. Uh, as my friend Shalom Otegen says, his favorite hot dog is the uh, chipotle hot dog. A
0: big shout out a big, to Shalom! Big, big shout out to Shalom! <laughs> uh,
12: we make cocktail frankfurters. We make uh, uh, footlong frankfurters. Uh, we make a variety of frankfurters.
0: Very nice, boy! Yeah. Oh boy! Well, congratulations! You're getting a lot of recognition for what you have done for Masbia. Tens of thousands of hot dogs. That will be used to feed a lot of people, a lot of people in need, uh, information about uh, everything you do. I assume there's a website. People yeah, can go uh,
12: actually, uh, we are... Facebook uh, page, what do people Yeah, doing? we have a Facebook page, and... Uh, How uh, do people access that? People can just go onto Facebook and uh, type in and Hyman. In fact, uh, we are launching... A campaign to get likes, and we're going to be giving away free hot dogs and uh, apparel from Abelson Hyman, like these uh, hats, which your audience can't see, but you can.
0: Very nice. Um, Looks like a pair
12: of headphones there with your <laughs> logo in there. Yes. I like that. Um, uh, as we uh, as we gain likes, we're going to be giving away hot dogs for every 1,000 likes. We're going to be giving away a box, and uh, it's also a great way to interact with the customer. We, I hear back from people. I, I, I maintain the page, and uh, when people have questions, I answer the questions, and people have comments, I get back you know uh, you know I, I love getting feedback from our customers and this is such a great way in today's day and age where you know with technology you can interact with a customer in california who has a question about how to dry a salami or uh, you know which is the best way to cook right. a hot dog, and so it's all
0: there. The public there. can follow it along. Right. So, all right, Abel's and I and Hyman uh, Facebook page would be the best way to follow that. And next week is the big trade show. And That's I, right. I have to emphasize it's for the trade. Right. In the Meadowlands area, it's called Kosher Fest for the 25th consecutive year. Right. You have invited us to actually do our live lunch Tuesday from your booth. Any idea what booth number? We are booth five eleven. Five one one. Five one one. Easy for me to remind people.
12: And uh, we'll be very easy to spot. At
0: how many things during that presentation will I be taste testing? I must prepare myself for how many?
12: Uh, firstly, we have the hot dogs that will be uh, grilled up at the show, right. and we have salami. Right. And, um, some corned
0: beef there? Uh, for
12: you, we'll bring out there some corned beef and uh, some pastrami. We'll bring I got some, a staff to feed. Bring some tea. bread.
0: You know, I got a staff to feed. You know that, right? we will take I, care should of should it. Should I bring a loaf of bread? Bring <laughs> a loaf of rye bread,
12: and uh, we'll, we'll make I
0: some. hope Mark Zombick's listening. He's, he's going to produce the whole thing. And, <laughs> and if he hears that we need a loaf of rye bread, Believe you me, we'll have a loaf of rye bread there. I can tell you right. that much. All right, so that should be fun. That'll be Tuesday. People can hear that on the stream. Mm-hmm. And it'll be booth 511 if one. you are in the kosher trade. If you're in the kosher trade. And you're attending something. Kosher Fest in New Jersey. Correct. Simple as that. Uh, mazal Tov. You got a lot of nice recognition for this amazing gesture from Aspia. Continue your wonderful work. And Mazal Tov on your 60th anniversary. Thank you so much. And uh, we will see you next week. That is Seth Levitt. He's from uh, Abels and Hyman. They're celebrating 60 years. And they've dis- and every company, every company I see next week, every company out there in the kosher world, consider this. When you're celebrating a milestone, do what Seth and his staff did. Donate tens of thousands of items from your company to Maspia or any amazing cause that serves people who are in need. Uh, they've donated $10,000 worth of hot dogs, which apparently, according to Alex Rappaport of Maspia, requires multiple trips to the Abels and Hyman factory in order to get them all to Brooklyn and Queens, New York. So they are working on that now and feeding people with that amazing donation. We say call a Kavod from all of us here at JM in the AM. Twelve minutes before nine o'clock on a Thursday morning broadcast. <laughs> in the a.m., a Shabbat in Liverpool. Want to wish a Mazel Tov to, um, to the Gildens in Passaic, New Jersey. They have a brand new baby boy yesterday morning. Mazel to the grandparents, Mr. and Mrs. Labe Gildon, Mr. and Mrs. Gary Goldstein. That's Karen and Penny celebrating the birth of a brand new boy. Mazel tov from all of us here at JM. In the AM, we we were able to get Charlie Harari for two minutes. He has an amazing show coming up six minutes from now on the stream at jmam.org. Charlie Harari, welcome back to JM in the AM.
14: Hello, Nachum. It is such an honor to be back with you, and it's great <laughs> great to be here.
0: All right, we got to do this really quickly. Tell us about the trip you recently took.
14: Oh, it was out of this world. We took ninety guys. Uh, from the ages of 40 to 60, from all over the country, um, in South America, to Israel for eight days. For most, it was the first time they've ever been to Israel. Uh, We we covered the entire land, and being able to see Israel for the first time in the eyes of somebody in his 50s, a lawyer, a doctor, a banker, a regular guy, who had never been to Israel, who had never been to Judaism, who was completely unconnected, was just amazing.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, Now this has sprouted a program that you're going to be doing five minutes from now. The Book of Life this morning, which is on our stream at jamnam.org starts at 9 o'clock, and you're actually going to be talking about how we get along with others, lessons you learned from this journey.
14: Yeah, what's amazing is that when you take a journey to Israel for the first time with somebody, and they're up against people that they've never met before, they've never seen an Israeli soldier live. Like, to us, we take that for granted. But all they've seen of Israeli soldiers is what's reported on the media. They've never seen anyone that was, didn't look like them. They never saw someone who dressed differently. They never saw somebody who was a Hasid. And they themselves, many times, never grappled with their own Judaism. And so when we talk about growth and change in our lives, there are things that are blocking us. Mm. And being able to see somebody else grapple with that at that level this week you, you see and understand and realize all the things that are going on in our lives, all the judgments we're making towards people that look different, all the things that we're blocking in our own change in our own growth, literally come right before our eyes. And so the whole show is going to be through the eyes of these guys, understanding how in our own lives there are things that are blocking us, judgments that we're making, um, opportunities that we're not seeing. Um, that it's just literally right before our eyes that we, can, that we can take advantage of.
0: Charlie Harari, Book of Life, four minutes from now on our stream at org, which we refer to as the Nahum Siegel Network. I hope that you are feeling what so many of us at the network are feeling, Charlie, that the beginning of our second season has been greeted with tremendous enthusiasm by people out there. We are getting that feeling. I hope that the folks that are listening to the Book of Life have given you that feeling as well.
14: Yeah, I mean, it's such an honor to be a part of the network, and and I'm getting it from all over. People are listening and getting involved, and it's an honor to be part uh, of your network. It's it's just great.
0: May we continue to grow together, and Charlie Harari, I'll be listening and learning some lessons, I'm sure, in the next hour.
14: (laughs) Thank you. That is an honor for me. Now the pressure is on.
0: (laughs) The pressure is on, all
14: right. Go get
0: him, as we say in the world of media. Charlie Harari, Book of Life. Coming up next here at JMNAM.org, you will hear about that journey and you'll hear about the challenges of uh, how to deal with others, how to judge or not judge those around us. Miriam Al Wallach has a great program with That's Life. Dr. Michael Solomon on the topic of the recent school shootings and how we should handle our kids in general when they hear about these types of news items and when we hear about them. And Yeshiva University's Dr. Jeffrey Gurak on Sam Friedman's piece last weekend about the Jewish high school in Florida who has turned Friday night lights into Thursday night lights, just amazing, I'll do a live lunch at 11, Dr. Lieberman and me with sound advice between, uh, between 1 and 2 on the stream on the, the topic of panic attacks, album of the week later on during spin class tonight when I'm in for Michael Fragan, we will speak to Dr. Ari Kornblit on the subject of what the two mayoral candidates can tell us through their handwriting Tomorrow morning, Malcolm Holmline with the weekly update at 7.40, plus a report from Chevron. And I'm told that Hanania Kramer is going to join us about a new program that he's involved with this coming Monday night as well. That will be happening tomorrow. And I want to remind all of the people in our audience who have any interest in technology and tech stuff, today again at 12.30 Eastern Time as part of our live lunch, Adorama's Aaron Schechter and the geek neurologist, as he calls himself, uh, Dr. Stephen Rudolph, have an unbelievable discussion, an impromptu discussion. I know this. It was done impromptu, trust me, folks, on the subject of operating systems, especially vis-a-vis tablets. Uh, It is real. It's it's anybody who's into this stuff at all. You have to listen every Thursday at 1230. It's an unbelievable presentation. And we'll link to it. We'll link to the... uh, uh, to the tablet section that Aaron Schechter provides for us, uh, bo- both on Facebook and Twitter later on. It's really fascinating. Achenu and Anachim our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world on the web, org. And that will close out a Friday broadcast. A Friday broadcast. Wishful thinking. That'll close out a Thursday morning broadcast. My thanks to Joe Loda. He was here earlier today. My thanks to Seth Levin. My thanks to Charlie Harari. My thanks to all of you. And Yosef Siegel, thank you as well. Till tomorrow, don't forget, stay with us all day long on the stream. Thursdays are very special at jmnam.org. And until tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.